0: FlushCare.com
1: slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on courts 96 FM. As I say, uh, a course research. no, I stress a course research of Booking.com or any other one of those places trying to find uh, somewhere to stay on Sharkin Island for a night or two turned up a complete blank to me. And then we came up and we saw this hotel, which only has maybe 20 rooms in it, And it now is uh, contracted out to the government um, for for people like that, um, for people from Ukraine. And Owen O'Mara Walsh from the Irish Tourism Industry Confederation is the chief executive. Owen, we we would say that, look, these people are coming from a war situation. They they need our help and we, we give them our help. But the tourism industry is starting to suffer as a result of the help given. Good morning.
2: Good morning, PJ. Um, yes, I mean, you, you're, you're, you're dead right. It's, it's, it's a tricky thing to talk about in many ways, because it's, it's only right and proper that Ireland is as generous as possible in terms of a, a humanitarian response to the Ukraine war. But we would argue, and we've argued for some time, that the government is over-reliant on hotels and guest houses and B&Bs, eff- effectively uh, tourism accommodation stock. They're over-reliant on that. And and one in five tourism bedrooms now nationally right around the country is contracted to the government for either Ukrainian refugees or international asylum seekers. And that has a significant knock-on impact on downstream tourism businesses. So the likes of um, restaurants or pubs or tourist attractions or activity centers who rely on tourists being in their locality, Mm. they're seriously missing out on tourism business through no fault of their own. So we've argued for some time that the government has to have a much more balanced approach to dealing with refugees and asylum seekers and not to be as over-dependent on hotels and guest houses mm. but use all other forms of accommodation because this, after all, tourism is the largest indigenous industry. I mean, you, you mentioned and Island there. There's very little other economic activity on swathes of the Wild Atlantic Way uh, but for but for tourism so we have to look after the sector and, and and the ukraine war isn't going to end today or tomorrow it's going to be with us on, sadly for two three four years even if the war magically ended tomorrow these poor people don't have homes to go back to so they're going to be here for some time mm-hmm. and and we would argue we would argue that hotels and guest houses and, and and tourism accommodation providers should play their part by all means but not to the extent that it is at the moment
1: in Cork, do you have an, a, a number off the top of your head, Owen, as what, what I, percentage I, of our hotels in Cork?
2: It's... It's very difficult to, to, to give an exact number. It's about one in five, about 20% of all, all tourism bedrooms, um, in Cork is contracted to the government. So that's about 13% of what's called registered accommodation and 7% of non-registered tourism accommodation is unavailable to the tourism economy. So, so, you know, there, there's, there's pockets of the country, um, where, you know, tourism towns without adequate tourism beds and therefore who have had very little tourism activity this summer. And that, you know, that has a serious economic consequence on the locality and on the region. So so we we are strongly urging government to to come up with a plan B, by all means use a certain number of hotels and guest houses on a short term basis. Because let's 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 also remember that you know a family you know fleeing a, a war, the idea of them being cooped up in a hotel bedroom night after night after night after night mm. is, is not particularly good for them. So there needs to be a much more balanced approach. Modular housing, state institutions, vacant vacant buildings, unused dwellings. You know, there's lots of other forms of accommodation. But at the moment, the Department of Children who are tasked with this are simply going out there and contracting with um, hotels and guest houses. And my fear is that you know now that we 're heading into the winter months, which is the traditionally quieter tourism period in terms of international visitors and even the domestic market, more and more hotels and guest houses will be attracted by mm-hmm. government contracts because of course they get a hundred percent occupancy uh, mm-hmm. at a good rate quiet winter months at a good rate and um, but the knock on impact is really severe and profound uh, for local economies mm. um, and and that 's my big fear and and uh, you know I, I keep going back to the point that we should do our bit and we'll step up to the plate. I mean, our view, the Irish Tourism Industry Confederation did a report on this quite some time ago and our view was about 12-13% of all the tourism accommodation stock could be given over to government for this purpose. But anything more than that was hugely problematic and now Mm. we're up to 20% and my fear is that it's just going going up more because obviously the war is going on and refugees are continuing to come into the country.
1: Mm. A place I'm very familiar with, Owen, is Killarney. I'd visit there maybe half a dozen times a year and of late, many of the most popular hotels are are contracted to the government. And I was asking a Palawan who lives down there, you know, what's it it feel like for the the economy? He said, well, look, the hotels are full. So the hoteliers are happy. They're paid up and plenty of money coming in. But there's not as many people in the restaurants. There's not as many people in the bars. A lot of the traditional music sessions that would take the whole take up the hotel bars they're not happening
2: yeah there is no spend exactly exactly because you know obviously uh, Ukrainians or even international asylum seekers they obviously you know are not going to spend like, like, like a tourist they don't have the means at, at all so the Jarvis the cultural experience uh, Mukra's House the visitor attractions they all miss out and you know there's Pockets of the country, as they say, which are huge. Like So, you know, I was in Liston Varna not so long ago. Liston Varna, I think, has about six hotels in County Clare. has about six hotels. They're all contracted to the government. So the, the town literally uh, has no um, sense of, of, of economic life because, of course, it's a tourism town. So it, it, now it's you'd
1: have to ask the question on how that was... Take Liston Varna. There's a prime example. Uh, and you said there's six hotels all contracted. Now, how did that get to happen like did your confederation have any say in in that happening like six all the hotels in one place contracted yeah no
2: yeah and one of the problems i think is that this is being managed and uh, um, and and dealt uh, out of the department of
0: there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care
2: children and um, because they look after the the you know the, the refugee influx and so on and, and you know they're absolutely snowed under they're utterly overwhelmed and, the, and they literally just pick up the phone or, or do a deal with, with even the department of tourism even Fulcher Ireland the state agency for tourism doesn't have line of sight Mm. of what's going on until it's already in place. Yeah. And is it is it the, the kind hotels. of the
1: situation known that the government will ring a hotel and let, let let's not pick a place or not pick a name. The government will yeah. call the hotel and say look you've got you've got 40 rooms. Uh, we'll fill those for the next 18 months at your yeah. going rate starting yeah. first of the next month. They're doing that.
2: Yeah. Exactly, it's not a going rate. There's a set rate. I don't okay. know off the top of my head what it is, but it's over a hundred euro per per refugee. You know, you know, for for winter months, it's 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 not unattractive. Yeah. And remember, these these hotels are facing into November, December, January when business is quiet. Yeah. And here they are with hundred percent occupancy, so it's quite attractive if you're a, a a local hotelier to go. Right, I will sign up the Sure. Them. But it, you're right. If if it's a, if it's a and some of these contracts are eighteen months. I've heard of two year contracts, and effectively the tourism landscape. Is is altered therefore because the the, the bed stock of a particular region is completely undermined. So it's 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 not an easy solution. But but one of the solutions we've always said is that this is so 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 significant an issue. And remember. Like Ireland's largest indigenous industry, biggest regional employer. I mentioned before, you know, there's not FDI, there's not manufacturing in, in parts of, of, of particularly the Wild Atlantic Way, you know, so therefore tourism matters. We think this should be managed out of the Department of Taoiseach and there needs to be a whole of government approach to to this um, and, and a much more creative, balanced approach needs to be taken. Mm. So. If hotels are being used, they should be dispersed and distributed throughout the country. But also, there needs to be other forms of accommodation used because it's um, it's it, it's it's just too severe. Yeah. We we launched a, a kind of a strategy for the tourism sector out to 2030, and we're, and we're quite optimistic mm. in terms of growth and potential and, and the attractiveness of Ireland and our wonderful heritage and culture and you know the beautiful landscape and stuff and great connectivity into the island. Now, all that sort of, so there's every reason to be. Uh, positive, but then there's these huge handbrakes on growth. So if, if 20% or more of the bedroom stock is gone from a country, there's only so much you can actually grow. And of course, mm. the balance of the rooms therefore become more expensive for the international tourist or the domestic holidaymaker. That
1: hurts everybody.
2: Supplies. Demand and supply is completely out of sync, so that hurts everyone. So it's it's a big issue, um, and and it re- it's, it's one that needs to be addressed. I mean, I mean the industry have been shouting about it for quite some time now. Um, a lot of the hotel sector is very uncomfortable with it as well because they're they're tourism providers at at heart. Like you you mentioned that the hotel in Shirkin, you know, it's it's nearly not a hotel anymore. Mm. It's a refugee centre, or it's a you know it. It's nearly been reconstituted out of the tourism economy, um, and the danger is it might stay out, and then and then where does we where, you know what happens to tourism on on that particular
1: yeah. Uh, island? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And lastly, Owen, you you do get the pushback when you talk in in these terms. You get pushback against your industry that says, oh, they use the R word, racism
2: yeah and i'm I'm really uncomfortable with that because I know that you know in, in many ways the tourism and hospitality sector and the accommodation sector have actually been the first to reach out because they've imme- as soon as the government came calling way back when this started, which is what eighteen months ago now or something they the 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 sector immediately turned around and said give, give you know give us your 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 refugees we will look after them you know subject to a uh, remuneration and stuff but i I think it 's got to a point now where we just have to be very very careful that we don't skew and damage uh, one of the very important economic sectors uh, in the country such as tourism uh, we have to be just very mindful of, of, of nurturing it and we'll do our bit as i say 12% 13% of all accommodation stock i think we you know we've done a kind of various mm. um, um, you know models on this about 12 or 13% could be contracted to the government on an ongoing basis but we need to leave the remaining 85%, 86%, 87% mm. for tourism purposes. Because it's a bit like taking, imagine if, if, you know, it's 20% of beds have gone at the moment. Imagine taking 20% of cranes out of construction sites. Or taking, you know, twenty percent of, you know, machines out of some sort of assembly line, like it, it'll it'll have a profound impact on that particular okay. sector, and um, and I just think I just think there's an over dependency at the moment on on hotels and guest houses, right. and I think it needs to be distributed in, in a much fairer way.
1: All right, Owen, thank you, Onamara Walsh, the Irish Tourism Industry Confederation. He is their chief executive. Twenty percent, one in five hotel rooms, guest house rooms, etc., etc., across Cork currently occupied uh, under contract from the government by either Ukrainian refugees or uh, international oh. asylum seekers. And we know that the Ukrainians need help. We know that. Um, and and there's no one saying they shouldn't be welcomed into the country. At least I'm not saying it. And I won't stand over anybody else saying it either. But, but the hotels are suffering are starting to suffer as a result in the industries the new tourism says this call the new tourism is airbnb which the government is cracking down on it suits people and the way they holiday now it helps people out the country to make ends meet the government has taken away all the cottage industries like taxis pubs and now airbnb so people can move forward in life and they've heavily regulated them and ruined them as income opportunities An awful lot of people were depending on Airbnb to renovate their houses with energy retrofitting. The government doesn't listen to ordinary people. They only deal with vested interests. Can I point out that several TDs were involved in large B&Bs and hotels that gained from the Ukrainian refugees? That's absolutely fine, but they shouldn't shut us out. If they helped people to start Airbnbs and supported them, instead of punishing them, they could take the pressure off the tourism market. Ukrainians could be helped by the large hotels... And it would probably all balance out, more or less. And this, in fairness, there's thousands of people in this country now. We don't know who they are. 96FM is too far left, and I doubt this will be read out. Little hint for you. If you want something to be read out, put in, I doubt this will be read out. Uh, let's get a reality check. Look up what Nordic countries are paying to refugees and how many they look took in compared to us. And they're nearer to Ukraine than we are. Thank you for your point. Quartz 96 FM.